And we're back. Welcome back to the Bar Talk podcast. Another episode, a little different location for us tonight. Bar Talk podcast is on the move. Um, I'm Adam, the host, drinking a little Samuel Adams Cold Snap White Ale. Pretty good beer, I have to recommend. Shout out to the parents for having it in the basement fridge. <laughs> One perk of being home, a bunch of free beer. But Blake, how are we doing tonight? I'm not doing too bad. I'm uh, over here. I'm drinking some Crown Royal Vanilla and a nice little Pepsi. A little high class for a, a Monday evening, if you ask me, but we're just all the best around oh, here. High class, huh? What were you drinking before the Crown uh, Royal? It's, uh, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, we'll leave that to the imagination the of our drink. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, leave that to the imagination. Um, I'm Ryan, the medical expert. Um, Chief, medical yeah, expert. Yeah, bingo. Um, drinking some, trying some orange shandy, summer shandy, but orange flavored. It was pretty good. It's gone now. Um, I also had a vanilla shake from Sonic. Hadn't had one of those in a while. Hit the spot. That's an interesting combo. <laughs> it worked well. Were you they going really, back and forth? I was, and it was going, it was going okay. It was like an orange cream slush mm, okay. type of situation going on. Sure. Were you ever tempted to pour the beer in the <laughs> shake? See, I was. But then I didn't because I thought that was going to be gross. And, you know, we'll see. Next episode? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm kind of seeing it. Now you got the shake for all of our people that can't see here. We got the straw and the shake actually inside. Ah, it's like one of those bottle. margaritas. With yeah, the, exactly. You might be on something. We might be on right? something. A little beer shake action, you know? Yeah. That's, that's not a bad idea, beer actually. A little beer shake. All right. Next week, you already know what we'll be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> beer shake. <laughs> Uh, if you're interested in buying a little equity in our new company, please uh, feel free to reach out to bartalkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, can't say we have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of money, so we're going to need a lot our of money. Our first ad read on the podcast will be our bar sheet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. oh, boy. Okay, well, this week, you know, there's so much coronavirus on the news, we're going to try and steer away from it. Um, you can go anywhere and find that stuff, but hopefully, flatten the curve. Quick input, but anyways, this week uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about KU football. Woo! Always exciting topic. Uh, we had some recent news come out, um, not so good, but that's any KU football news, really. So uh, we're going to go ahead and dive into that this week. So go ahead and grab a beer, pull up a stool, and let's talk. Welcome to Bar Talk. Woo! All right, so as a diehard K football fan, Ryan and I, uh, you could, we're probably top. We're top two percent of K football fans. I'd say one percent. There's not many like us. I mean, we. I think I made it to every game, but one this year. Yeah. I don't know. You At probably least, went to every game. Probably. Which one? Why'd you miss? I don't know. I might have been out of town. I'll say yeah. that as my excuse. I was at least there for a part of all the games. Yeah. Blake, what's your status on KU football? I would say I'm somewhere in the 50 to 60th percentile. Since college, I've definitely okay. been way more interested in everything going on. But growing up, I don't know. I know Ryan's parents are KU alumni. But uh, my parents, neither of my parents are KU grads. So there was not a KU football heritage growing up. So until college, like I would occasionally watch it, but it's bad football. It has been bad football. Yeah. So there's no there's reason. No for reason me, to. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason for me to turn it on. So since college, obviously, when I go to KU now, I've been a lot more invested in the program. But leading up to that, I, I think your guys is probably diehard passion comes from watching it with your parents or dad or whatever yeah. when you were younger because they yeah. were invested, which I didn't really have that. Yeah. So agreed. Yeah, both of our parents or both of our dads at least are my mom, 
Well, she went to law school, but not undergrad. But anyways, my dad was a huge KU football fan and his alumni, so that's where I got it from going in. So I've kind of been around since the beginning. Yeah, I think since since I ever I can remember, we were every weekend was up at the game, um, season tickets. See, if you have no reason to watch, then it's it's really you're just it's just a a needle to your heart every single time every every Saturday. So if you if you don't have a reason to watch, then I guess there's no real reason to. Yeah. yeah. So for all the folks who haven't been tuned in the last decade plus of KU football, I'm kind of going a brief history. So we'll basically start with Mark Mangino. Most Mangino. people, if you know no. KU football, you might know who Mark Mangino is. Um, He's just our most successful coach to date. Uh, what is an Orange Bowl? It's another bowl game the next year as well as that. So yeah, um, he had some good yeah. couple of years there. Uh, unfortunately, some allegations about how he treated some people. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, taking them behind the shed and such. But anyways, that's not important. So he got <laughs> fired. And then <laughs> Long story short, he's gone. Can, can one of you explain exactly like what he was accused of doing? If you it know, it, it was basically like his treatment of players, like he was like super verbally, verbally abusive. abusive. That's the that's the term. That's the PC term. But like I, I feel like there was probably a lot more this at some point. Yeah, but he just like didn't really put up with any shit. So that is what led us into yeah. Turner Gill, who was Mister Nice Guy, and he was like basically. I don't know, like your like perfect coach, and he like took the names off the back of the jerseys because mm. everybody team plays for the team. Mm, yeah, that kind of guy. Love it. Um, didn't go too hot. Where did he come from? Buffalo, or did he go to yeah. Buffalo? He came from Buffalo. I think. I just want to bring it up. I don't have too much to add to this episode, but I did play a year of high school football, so I just want to add in here real quick. Chief football. Yeah, expert. I'm the chief, chief football <laughs> expert of this season, uh, this this podcast. But I, I do want to add that. Um, I wouldn't say the high school football coach was verbally abusive or anything, but I mean, there were definitely, there were some trash cans thrown around, some slapping going on, like nothing too crazy, obviously, just kind of try, like trying to rile people up. Like it was all in good, like good heart, good spirit. So it just kind of is interesting to me that a coach will get fired for that at, you know, a division one level program where it's like even high school times like 20, you know what I mean? So I just thought that was interesting that he would get fired for something like that. That's why everyone's kind of always pleased it's, worse stuff than yeah than they were i'm sure whatever they said is probably not really indicative of what actually happened but i'm i would imagine they probably tried to figure it out before they got rid of him but that's just it i feel like that's where it kind of spiraled out when you have what they go that season they lost like two games one game when they went to the orange bowl one game i think yeah missouri, I think they were, like, missouri yeah 11 and one or 10 one versus yeah. two at arrowhead that was tough yeah us. and then but actually it ended up being good for us because we got the orange bowl and missouri got because they lost to Oklahoma in the big oh, championship, yeah. and they got like the Cotton Bowl or something, and we got the Orange Bowl. <laughs> so, anyways, my point is, <laughs> just, out, but my point yeah, is, is just like looking back from things now. Obviously, getting rid of him was a horrible decision, or I guess it de- it depends how you look at it. But it's been pretty much downhill since then. So yeah. you would you would think that maybe they would have tried harder to keep him around. Yeah, and it's just kind of how college football works. Like everything. Pretty much success of a college football program that's not like super blue blood, blue blood legendary is it's super on the fringe. Like it can go from decently successful to really successful to absolute trash like really fast, yeah. just because how recruiting plays into it. But um, Ryan, do you happen to have Turner's record on hand? Turner Gill's record. Um, I did. I think it was. Hold on, just give me one second. It is. It was. Um, 
whopping 5 and 19, okay. which actually isn't that bad when you compare it with Beatty's <laughs> record in whatever year this article was made of 1 and 18. Yeah, he didn't do too hot. So no. we had Turner, and he tried to bring some uh, integrity back to the program, but... Maybe that he did. Maybe he did. It didn't come in form of wins. No, <laughs> yeah. no. But maybe you know. Maybe we were really nice, yeah. nice men. Um, we we developed as men off the field. Yes, and that's that's really what's more important, Adam, than wins, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mail time. Mail time. The mail's mail here. Time. And it's time for another edition of questions of the week. Um, we got one big one here uh, to tackle uh, from one of our female listeners out there. One um, shout out. I haven't decided. Are we keeping this anonymous? Yeah, we're going to keep it anonymous. Yeah. Um, Can't play favorites. Yeah, exactly. So the question was, do you think GPAs will rise or fall now that classes are online? It's kind of tough because there is kind of a double-edged sword because if you're not going to do well in class at this point, you're just going to take it for pass-fail. So I'm going to say high, higher just because if you think you're going to get basically under an A, like I don't see any reason why you would take a class for not pass-fail. So I yeah. say that's my answer. I agree. And if you uh, if you want the A, you got plenty of time to work on stuff to get the A. So I don't know. I, don't know. I think they'll go up. Yeah, I think they'll go up too. Just if you're playing with a B, you're not going to. It's really hard for a professor to make a class harder when it's fully online. And I think so many people like struggle in school just in the distractions of college. And now that you're home and bored, I think you're like, well, shit, I got nothing else to do. I might as well read. So I'd be surprised if they don't go up. I'm excited to see the fraternity and sorority grade reports this semester and just compare them. Because, I mean, basically that'll be a good indication of university GPA. You're right. Um, But, yeah, I, I think they'll go up as well. We'll see, though. It's just hard to imagine if you could get a worse GPA after all this. It'd actually be kind of impressive. It would be. I just don't see how you could. Like I said, if you like knew you were going to get not a good grade, like pass fail that. I bet there's some guys in our house that could get it done. They could figure out how to do it. They'll never fail to they'll impress never fail. us. No. But I really want to call some guys out right now, <laughs> but I won't. Scholarship chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great question. Um you know, we also appreciate comments on the question of the week. So we had a great um, comment from one of our uh, one of our fans, I guess you could call your, yourself. So he just said, "Not a question, but just miss seeing y'all's beautiful faces in the house." And you know, that's what keeps us recording. <laughs> it's not that's the true. money. It's, it's not, not the about money. the money. Yeah. It's not about the money here. Um, I mean, it is nice to give the royalty checks from our beer shake company, but, um, it is nice, you know, to, to hear that response. So, uh, if you ever just want to send us a compliment, we desperately need it. Cause a lot of times we feel like we're just speaking into this microphone, but anyways, <laughs> and that's okay though. That's okay. We yeah, have, that's we have okay. fun doing it. It's a great time. Um, but yeah, it doesn't hurt to know that we have some listeners out True. there enjoying that's the content or at least pretend to. Yeah. Well, we take that in the deep, dark void of this microphone. Yeah, what are you going to do? Well, we appreciate it. Um, appreciate everyone listening to this podcast. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and get back to the show. Then we brought on Mr. Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss. Who is right, basically I, a, a thief. Like, yeah. He is a legal thief. I mean, he came out of Notre Dame. And he had, what, 
what was it? You told me sixteen million dollars worth of. Let's see what we buyout? got going on here. So in Notre at Notre Dame, he went a measly six and six. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, gets fired. What does KU do? KU looks at that six and six record and said, "I want that man." That's, <laughs> better than five and eighteen. That's great. That is better than five and eighteen. But yeah, like you're saying, Adam, he's got. Let's see. I don't know where that one is. But it was like 16-some million. Notre Dame was still paying them six years later, twenty in 2015, which is absurd. And KU played him four or five years after we fired him, Yeah, too. so he's just... so he's he, no, he knows what he's doing. He was the ultimate thief, but basically Charlie Weiss is like the pinpoint of our program yeah. actually turning into a dumpster fire um, because he tried to come in and win. It wasn't successful. So then he tried to go with the Band-Aid approach of signing a bunch of junior college players, which is, you always want a couple, but if you have a whole class of junior college people, you're screwed because they can only be there for two years maximum. And you can't can't develop them. You know, they they are what they are. You're going to get what you get. It creates a really hard roster situation because you have all these people that come in you know, your class is usually all freshmen when they were all juniors, maybe even seniors. They have one or two years to play and then leave. Then you have this huge gaping hole. So Charlie really drove it into the ground. Um, and he went 6-22 um, and 22 at okay. KU, um, getting fired in 2014 with more than $5.4 million still owed to him in monthly installments. I think it's crazy, too, when you think about those numbers, 6-22, and 22, you also have to take into account, like, we're talking about the non-conference games at the start of the season, the two or three or whatever it is. That's where that three, six, yeah, no, yeah that's, where, that's where that six number is coming from. And I'd be curious to see a different statistic of conference, like, a Big 12 wins. Because I would imagine it would be zero, probably. How yeah. long is yeah. yeah. our away oh. conference streak? I think it was 50-something, I think, right? No, it's over now. We beat up. Yeah, we beat someone. Central Michigan, right? No, but away conference. No, we beat... It, it got no. broken. No, it didn't. No, we brought... We uh, we bought, uh, beat TCU, didn't we? No. At home, we did. I can't remember... We almost beat year. Texas. I can't remember. We almost beat Iowa State last year. We haven't beat anybody on the road. We beat Texas Tech at home, TCU at home. we beat Boston College this year. It was a big streak, but that was but overall. But that was not... I know Big 12. Big 12, you're right. Yeah. I think you're thinking of Boston College, probably. Yeah, maybe I am. Yeah. Anyways, you, the, the amount of statistics you can find about KU football that just like blow your mind. It's disgusting. If really. you're ever super bored during quarantine, just look up every bad statistic about KU football. Anyways, so we fire Mr. Charlie. He escapes with all of our money. Um, and we bring in Mr. David Beatty from the South. He's a big Texas man, fine gentleman. Um, looks, yeah, he looks like he could get the job done. He's, he got, looks like he, he's got a good stature. He claims to have big connections in Texas because um, he started out in the high school ranks. So he had a lot of connections in Texas high school football, which is obviously a huge recruiting hotbed. Um, so he came here because we were so scarred by Charlie's approach of getting junior college people that we wanted to go back to our high school kids. And we were like, okay, well, we need a recruiter. That brought in David Beatty. And that was just an absolute disaster. I mean, maybe he could recruit. I mean, he kind of yeah. brought some kids in, but his actual coaching was 
Oh my god. <laughs> those, some of those timeouts are. I mean, there's. Okay. Uh, or lack of timeouts. And then the timeout. It'd be like fourth and two from the 35. <laughs> <laughs> he would take a timeout. And then put the ball <laughs> or, or, yeah, or bring on the field goal. You like, could have done that. And the kick would without... go 20 yards right, and it wouldn't even make it to the end zone. <laughs> People would just be like, oh, God. Okay. Brutal. So, Mr. David, he kind of, he struggled. I don't know what his in, ended up being his record, but whenever this article was written, I think 2016, 2017, it was 1 and 18. Correct me if I'm wrong. When the Power 5 school in non-con plays the FCS guys does the non does the power 5 school pay the FCS school yeah so essentially what KU's doing is paying FCS schools like South Dakota State to come to Lawrence to beat us and that's just that's embarrassing <laughs> that's that's what I can't get over so yeah, so Beatty's one and eighteen. I don't know what he ended up with. He got a win against Texas. Beat yeah, from the south, he beat Texas. That probably made him feel pretty good. So then we gave and him what, a giant, a giant. Yeah, we, <laughs> then we gave him some more money. Threw some more money at him um, yeah, because he won a game. Anyway, so this is kind of leading up to this whole discussion. But so before David Beatty's fired, we hire, we fire our old athletic director. We hire a new athletic director, Jeff Long, who had gotten fired from Arkansas. And basically his old, whole thing was to come in and fix football. So we were talking a little bit earlier. We think he got fired in the winter or spring-ish time. And at the time, everyone kind of knew when he came in that a new coach was like going to be his goal. But he still had um, – David Beatty still coached the whole next year. So that kind of yeah. brings us into our situation of Jeff Long obviously wanted to fire David Beatty and because he thought he could only fix it with a new coach and he wanted to bring someone in high profile like Les Miles. But anyways, that brings us to David Beatty's firing, which has been quite uh, <laughs> the ordeal situation. So basically what happened was we fired him. He was still owed $3 million. And he won his $3 million, but KU was like, no, actually, we're not going to pay you. We're, we're going to make this yeah. firing for cause because... We're tired we, of paying coaches exactly. X amount of money well, just to go leave. In my opinion, it's, oh shit, we paid Les Miles this much money. We don't have any more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't have the $3 million to pay you, so let's come up with something to make this firing for cause, which what they did was... Basically, KU had been alleged of having analysts coach players, which is like a whole NCAA deal, but they used that to make it a four-cause firing, which means you don't have to pay the buyout. So then Mr. Beatty obviously is pissed. I think he was pissed probably because he knew him and Jeff Long never had a good relationship, yeah. obviously, because Jeff Which is Long reasonable. Wanted, I mean, but Jeff wanted to fire him right, the first day he got fired, or hired. Yeah. So, kind of just a crazy situation overall, but basically the thing we're talking about tonight is when you're building a football program, what are the actions that you want to make to build from the ground up and become better, and being in the news about basically, not making up, but trying to come up with the reasons to not have to pay your old coach, 
I mean, they had to know it the whole time yeah. that he was going to come in with some sort of lawsuit. Did you not? Right. You would think. Um, you know, it, it's clear states paid his contract. If, if they if it needs to be bought out, that he's going to get paid um, two years of his salary. His salary was one, at least in the article, was one point six million per year. So multiply that times two, that's three million. Um, so of course, of course, Beatty wants his money, especially if he didn't actually do anything wrong. If we're just fishing for something, um, just to avoid paying him, I mean, I'm kind of on Beatty's side on this one. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'd want my money. Um, I think you have to think about it as well. Just the negative press, how much value you you put in that. That's the thing is like, did K football not see how much like, obviously, Beatty's going to try and fight, and then through right. this fight, he's brought up, like, so much things to light. It's like, this would have been so much easier if we just would have gave him his money. Yeah, and so, like, it's hard to put, a, like, a, a value on, yeah. like, the stock of your program. But that being said, it, they've definitely, like, this a lot of KU football stock, like, has been lost in this whole, like, debacle. So, it's just like, they should have just paid out. And another thing, too, is, like, I think, Ryan, you brought this up. Who, who knows how much they're paying in lawyer fees? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it has to at this point be approaching like what they would have just paid him to begin yeah. with. Yeah. And how much money did we just pay lawyers to deal with the NCAA violations for basketball oh, and God. write up that yeah. hundred three hundred and fifty page document. I'm sure that wasn't cheap. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um but yeah, I don't know. And only KU football can get in the news during the coronavirus outbreak. <laughs> only KU football can do that. Especially yeah. in a negative sense. I don't know. It's their, just bad. Their off season news would be this. Yes. Yeah, and then you got Corion Harris getting a DUI or something. I don't even know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he, I think he was a Beatty recruit, wasn't he? Yeah, Harris, him and Puka down yeah, from the, New Orleans. Yeah, I think he's Boots in jail. Fly. I think he's in jail right now. Great. Yeah, that's what that's KU's football off season press right there, baby. But basically, the article we're referencing was written in the Star by Jesse Noodle. Shout out Jesse, he's a KU beat writer. But basically, so he says that. Long and others planned the firing during the fall of 2018, while Beatty was still a coach, including Long directing an employee to start raising funds from donors to finance the coaching switch. Obviously, they didn't raise enough. Clearly. <laughs> they failed somewhere. Yeah, they, they were missing the $3 million. Um, Can one of you explain, just to me and to our listeners out there, how it works when they raise funds from donors? To pay off these kind of things is it is it like an email you send out to a list of people? I think so. Like, really, uh, I, think I think it's, it's a phone it's call, more like one on one. But like, basically, yeah. they have a donor bank, and they're like, yeah, and they're like, we we need money. Like, like I think David Booth probably is. Yeah, he gets a phone call. Oh, yeah, um, he's the first person they call. And how much can you give us to buy this guy? And he's probably single handedly paid for the buyout clauses of the first three guys. So he probably said no on this one. Reasonable. So they're probably fishing for some other guys. That's just crazy to me that they, like, people are willing to do that. Willing to give, I mean, at some point, I'm sure they're, I mean, how many KU grads are we talking about? Especially super, um, like, committed and very wealthy people. And you you get your name on the stadium. Yeah, sure. Like, there are perks, too. And if you really love KU, it makes sense. But how many millions of dollars have people given to a program that has been absolute junk for, like, 20, you know, the last last 15 years? Yeah, at some point, you think. Well, that's the problem is, like, we do still have people donate, but obviously not as much as other programs because it's all, everything's so related because you need donations to do things like facility upgrades and and stuff like that to help recruiting, and then recruiting helps you win, but you need all that together. So it's It's super hard to build a program. We'll say that, but I just, I don't really like the way, like, 
KU football is handling this whole situation. No. Especially because also in this article it mentions how KU had basically the same infraction the first year under Les Miles of an analyst yeah. being like called out for actually coaching. So it's like just stupid. And basically it's showing like long favoritism over because he didn't really do anything over I mean the less mile situation, but over Beatty's situation where it's basically the same thing that he used that as a reason to not pay him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. But. And another thing that's just funny from this article is um, in the deposition, apparently the Beatty's lawyer was kind of questioning Jeff Long about like the hiring process of Les Miles. And it says that, so the lawyer claims that Long was set on hiring Miles early on in his tenure. And under questioning, Long struggled to remember the names of other candidates he interviewed to replace Beatty. I think that's kind of crazy. Like, so it was, le- it, was, the, like, it was less I, miles or nobody. Exactly. Is yeah. I mean, it's pretty evident. Like, miles to go starts in the hiring process. Yeah. Which was the video or the t- basically TV series produced, yeah. but there's something fishy going on about that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. It's a good point. I didn't think about that. I didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't know it was that uh, cut and dry with Mr. Miles. But the whole thing's kind of just. An interesting situation. And it's, and it's spiraling out of control very quickly. Um, Beatty's not going down without a fight. It's basically just a big power struggle between Beatty and Long. Who's going to win? Yeah. But, I mean, did Long just not know how much of, like, a mess this was going to be? Like, I think if you have a brain, you could see Beatty's going to put up a fight. Yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe they I, didn't think it was going to be this, this big of a fight, much. but, like... Man, I mean, just reading that whole article is like, obviously lawyers are good at people putting people in like a tough situation, depositions, making them look stupid. But like, Beatty's lawyer makes Jeff Long seem like an idiot. Like, he's basically like, so yeah. you use this um, analyst doing coaching as a reason to fire someone. But then when your current coach does it, you don't really do anything. Because like Long had said, oh, I'm not going to get involved in that because that's not what an athletic director does. And he's like, oh, but you were involved in Beatty's. And he's like, yeah. So it's just a whole mess. Yeah. But hopefully they can figure it out. But it's just like when you're trying to build a football program, like this is not the way to go about it. Not the way to do it. No. But it's like we said, I mean, it's good that we talked about the history because it's all built upon. Yeah. We've paid so much money to coaches in the past. I'm sure that was the thing they were thinking about. Yeah. Is and even want to yeah. keep doing this. Even going back to like the Charlie Wise days, I think we're still suffering in some roundabout way. I don't really know. But, like, with scholarships. Like, somehow we lost a bunch of scholarships through the that. the JUCO thing. The JUCO, yeah, screwed that all up. So we're still feeling the effects from coaches five, six, seven years ago, which sucks. So how do you think they turn it around? I, the only the, the way I think about it is, like, someone, some recruiters are going to have to really go into the weeds and find high school kids that are not going to be your Alabama LSU recruits. Or obviously not even, I say that, not even your Texas, not even your OU recruits. Someone right on the edge between mm-hmm. probably going to a state school or somewhere smaller and really convince them that KU is the best option. And that sounds like a lot of work, and it sounds like people don't want to do that. So <laughs> I, I just don't – I don't know. I just, like, don't know how they can turn it around. Yeah, it's tricky. you got to be different. I mean, that's the one thing that I think I've kind of been, like, wanting to see out of KU football is um, 
let's not try and be like every Big 12 like air raid offense because we just don't have the personnel to do that. So like, let's find ways. We're not going to be able to win like other schools yeah. do. No. You bring that up, and I think something really like interesting to me about football and always has been is so you have you're talking about eleven guys on the field, but you're you're talking about your offense, your defense, your special teams, and like just in general, tons of people. When you get one recruit that is great, like way better than you expected on a basketball program, that can turn the team around. That you found one guy that can really turn the team, and not to say that one guy can't turn a football program around, but you need Shout like it's yeah, it's, it's like but you're talking about like you need. It's one guy can't turn turn the ship like he can no. with basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's why that's what makes football so hard is because you need so many people. Yeah, offense and defense. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, hopefully, football even happens this yeah. fall. But so wrapping up a little bit here, what do you guys think? Football is going to happen in the fall. Um, I think what do you guys think. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. It's early. It's still early. Um, I think. Yeah, I think projections right now are saying that. Uh, late April, early May is going to be the peak of the coronavirus, and then it's going to kind of dip out for summer. And there's some projections that it's supposed to come back in the fall. But that being said, I, I think there'll be some better treatment by that point. So I would imagine that football is going to happen, if I had to guess. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm going to take the positive route as well. I heard today, it's kind of like the whole situation about if we could go back and do this virus differently, right when it came in, we would have started testing like crazy and isolate everyone that's positive. Um, even the people that aren't showing the signs. So I think there's still a goal of doing that on the back end. As cases go down, I think we still need to keep testing where it's at, um, just so you're testing people like crazy. And I think that'll allow – I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, this antibody test will be interesting, but we'll see. Hopefully it can happen in the fall. I've heard that, like, a lot of big football execs don't want to do it if there's no fans, though. Really? So mm-hmm. That's where the money is. Yeah, so we'll see, but I'm hopeful. That'd be so sad. Yeah. But, like, yeah. honestly, if this virus would have happened in the summer and people would have been like, you have to self-quarantine or no football, America would have been shut indoors. Yeah, oh, yeah, right like that. Yeah, start <laughs> talking about the get the NFL involved, people. Was, oh, God, jeez. I mean, but regardless, KU football is going to make us sad. So we either are sad watching football or sad not watching football. I don't know. I guess I'd rather watch football. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, we're we're sad regardless. Another year to rebuild maybe and not have to put it on national television maybe could do as well. (laughs) And at least our hopes don't get up like every game. Yeah. Hey, we'll be there. tailgate. We will will be there, though. There's nothing like a Saturday in college football, that's for sure. True. But even in Lawrence. That's exactly right. All right, well, everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, Keep this talk going at home, especially with all you K football dads out there. I'm sure your dads want to talk about it, so go hit them up. But anyways, uh, thanks for listening to Bar Talk Podcast. We'll see you here next week.